This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments with my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hands Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This Happy week. Thanksgiving, everybody. Yes. Yeah, this week to celebrate Thanksgiving, we're talking about planes, trains, and automobiles. But are we but are we, I thought we were talking about a movie. Yeah, it's also a movie, Scott. Oh, okay. Starring John Candy and Steve Martin. This movie came out in 1987, November 25th, to be specific. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, it's a John Hughes movie written by John Hughes, directed by John Hughes, and starring, like I said, Steve Martin and John Candy. And others, but those are the main two. The only ones really count. (laughs) There's some cameos by Michael McKean and Kevin Bacon. Uh, Dylan Baker. Yeah. Sure. There you go. So uh, there's not too many Thanksgiving movies out here. Now, Alex chose this one for us. So what's your history with this movie, Alex? Uh, it was a VHS at my house when I was a kid. I've never seen it before. <laughs> but I knew it was a Thanksgiving Wait, movie. What do you mean? It's a VHS at your house, but you never saw it. Yeah. It was just one of those movies that was always around, and I never saw it. It was that and Rodney Dangerfield for the Love of Money. Is that one? Maybe. Something like that. You're thinking of Forlom, the bounty hunter from Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's easy to get those two confused. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So they just look boring to you as a kid? Is that why you didn't watch it, or what? I guess. I mean, I didn't really, you know, I think I caught a snippet of it, because I remember Steve Martin uh, being in the shower and drying off with that tiny little hand towel. (laughs) That's all I remember from the movie. So, yeah, it just didn't interest me. But watching it today is pretty hilarious. All right. Scott, what's your history with this movie? Uh, <laughs> so it's so with Alex's, surprisingly. Um, I, I don't think I ever had it at home, but there's certainly something that my grandparents had around in VHS. Uh, and they, I know they loved this movie. Uh, I probably watched it as a kid and didn't remember it, and then... I've seen it since then. I know I've I've uh, mentioned the movie for a couple of our old this one back when we were in our old format. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's basically it. Um, it was like this and a bunch of Eddie Murphy movies that my grandparents watched for for some reason, <laughs> which is funny because they're they're pretty conservative. <laughs> they were pretty conservative. All right, uh, my history is yeah. I did we didn't own it, but I definitely renting it and wanted to see it because I knew as a kid. I think an older kid. I think I was a young teenager. That I knew Steve Martin. I knew John Candy. So I thought it was going to be hilarious. And I remember not liking it. But I think it's because it's whatever. My, a lot of the stuff is you have to be an adult to appreciate some, a lot of the jokes in this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not Three Amigos or whatever. So this is the first time I've seen it since then. And yeah, I enjoyed it. There's some good stuff and some bad stuff. But I more than more than hated it, I liked it. We'll get into that later, but uh, yeah, I only watched this once before this week. So let's get into it. As usual, we're each going to talk about seven items from the movie. So, Alex, which number seven? My number seven is that right off the bat, uh, 
Dell, John Candy's character, just unwittingly just starts ruining Steve Martin's day. Like when he's raising, you mentioned Kevin Bacon cameo because he's racing him to another cab that they saw. And then he trips over a trunk, like that's very eccentric, a lot of stickers. Then he sees another cab, but another guy has it. So he's like, here, I'll, I'll pay you $50 in order to get this, you know, you let me have this cab. Like, well, a man who pay $50 would certainly pay, certainly pay 75 for this cab. And while that whole interaction is going on, you see that same trunk with a bunch of stickers on it yeah. get lugged into the, the uh, well, the trunk of the car. And then the cab speeds off. And then Steve Martin had already paid the lawyer for the cab to let him have the cab. He runs after it. By the way, I love the way Steve Martin runs with the bags and everything. And then he catches up to it. He's like, that's my cab. And that's when you see John Candy for the first time with his pencil-thin mustache. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That's good. And let it, uh, let's get this out of the open. I don't think we've ever done a Steve Martin movie before. But uh, we all we three went to the same high school as Steve Martin. Oh, yeah. That is true. Steve Even Martin, he denies it. He denies it. But he went to Garden Grove High School. Same three of us. So... Him and Lenny Dykstra. Yep. Mm-hmm. We'll claim and, one of them. And, Big old lesbian. Candy Maldonado. <laughs> yeah, where is Candy Maldonado? Where in the world is Candy Maldonado? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Steve Martin, same alum as us. Yep. Yes. And Lenny Dykstra. <laughs> and Lenny Dykstra. <laughs> if, if anybody growing up in the, the greater Southern California area ever noticed any car washes that, that went up and went out of business, there's a good chance that was Lenny Dykstra. I don't even know what you're talking about right now. Is that a thing? So, you very failed. You, I, I don't want to get too much into the Lenny Dykstra saga, but yeah. He, <laughs> By the way, he's a baseball player, if you yes, didn't know. Yes, okay. uh, he had. Oh, of uh, course some, I knew. Some, some failed guys. Alex knew. Other things. I don't believe that. <laughs> All right, well, Scott, what's your number seven? Uh, my number seven is that I, I like the kind of understated holiday theme going on here, uh, where I, I, I like that it was Thanksgiving and not Christmas, um, so that it can focus more on just the, the road trip and the, the more uh, banal aspects of them traveling across the country to get back to Chicago. Um, you know, it made it more about you know, getting back to his family rather than, oh, I have to get home for the holidays. Uh, and I like that. John Hughes is, is definitely, you know, did this with... Uh, did... Wait, did did he do... Or was that Chris Columbus that did uh, uh, Home Alone? Hughes. That was Hughes? Yeah, Hughes. Okay. okay. So, yeah, that, that, that same thing. Um... I mean, Uncle Buck takes place over that same time period. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, especially this time of year, where everything's like Christmas everything, it's nice that, oh, it's, a, it's actually a Thanksgiving movie. But nobody really cares that much about, you know, Thanksgiving in and of itself. So, I, I don't know, it just kind of jumped out to me that, that it was more about him, about uh, Steve Martin's character getting back to his family than it was to, like, oh, like, Oh, we, that's some bullshit. Oh, well, it's Christmas, so we have to try extra hard to get home. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Speaking of John Hughes, Laura was watching with them, this with me, and as soon as, as soon as they showed the front of their house, she's like, "Is this that guy's one of those guys' movies, John Hughes? Because that looks yeah. like the Home Alone house." And I was yeah. like, uh, "It's in Chicago. It probably is." Sure enough, looked it up. It's John Hughes movie. Yeah, every mm-hmm. John, every John Hughes movie ends except for like Breakfast Club, ends with like somebody walking into the house and then standing there in like the foyer or whatever. Yeah. It's like the same house too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a Ferris Bueller, everything, yeah, same thing. Alright, uh my number seven is just it's one line from the movie, but it happens uh kinda early on in the, the relationship of uh John Candy and Steve Martin. It's, it's John Candy says something about, yeah, we're not getting out of here, it'd be easy it better chance of me playing pickup sticks with my butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have more to say about John Candy later, but that line itself made me crack up. So that's my number seven. Pick up sticks with his butt cheeks. Number seven. Mm-hmm. Alex, what's your number six? My number six is I like they're few and far between, but the little like, uh, I guess you would call them like little short fantasy sequences or the the way they show Steve Martin's what, what's his name Neil. Neil. In the movie, his character, Neil's like when he starts remembering, reminiscing, or le- imagining stuff. The little stuff, I like the way they did those. Like when he sees uh, Dell in the in the airport for the first time, and he's reading that book, Canadian Mounted. Yeah, <laughs> it's <just> fucking ridiculous. <laughs> he's trying to put a you know remember where he was from, and all of a sudden you see like <laughs> John Candy's face, surprised face, at a taxi door in front of him, but they're still. In the airport, so they just took a like a uh, to film it. They just took a, a taxi door and put it in front of John Candy and have him do a surprise face. Uh, they did that, and then when <laughs> when the car was going through the two semis and sparks were flying out, and they were both like skeletons, and then John Candy was dressed in a old timey devil costume. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that that was more of his life flashing before his eyes, though. Yeah, a flashback, but yeah, yeah. And then at the very end when he's, like, anticipating going home and he gets those short shots of, you know, close-up of his kids, remembering his kids' faces and uh, the cherry pie coming out of the oven. Those are uh, – I, I thought those were very well done. Like, you knew exactly what was happening. You didn't – it wasn't – like, to me anyways, there wasn't anything confusing about it, even though they were cut to them suddenly and it was, like, really short. Yeah. Then he starts thinking about – Dell, yeah. but yeah, mm-hmm. that's later down the list. Yeah, all right, Scott, number six. Number six was the the nuzzling scene. <laughs> so after Steve Martin blows up at uh, Dell for the first time, <laughs> yeah, eventually gets back into bed, and then the it cuts to them in the morning, and John John Candy's grit is draped over him. <laughs> Like half asleep, John John Candy kisses his ear a couple times, and Steve Martin is uh, you know blissfully unaware that it's actually John Candy, and then he wakes up to realize, and then they have the it's it's a it's a pretty dumb joke, but uh, I, I I like their reactions, uh, their over top reactions when uh, uh, <laughs> we share their hand. Oh, it's between two pillows. <laughs> Those, Those aren't are pillows. pillows. <laughs> And on one hand, it's like, okay, it's like, oh, it's so hilarious, like, this this homoerotic moment happened, but the the, the way they, 
They, they played off, and Steve Martin's like, how about those Bears? Yeah, yeah, yeah. talk about the Bears. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they got a really good team this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that was seriously the only joke I remember from this movie when I watched it. I was like, I know there's a scene where they're they're cuddling up each other in the morning and his hands between his legs and talking about the bears. Alright, well my number six is the car fire scene. That whole scene <laughs> of him just spinning out of control and going the wrong way and then <laughs> car and just the way they think John Candy, they're sitting on the trunk, and John Candy feels something's wrong. He looks over, he's the car on fire, and he just turns, doesn't even say anything. <laughs> then Steve Barton, a couple seconds later, looks over and just... Oh, that's good. And then just the rest of the time driving that car. And, and then especially when they're in that uh, little shitty... Um, when they finally get in the hotel, and Steve Martin is like, you know... I got my own room. You can sleep in the car or whatever. Then he lets him back in, and they're just laughing about it and having a good time. I have some jokes John Candy was saying about how his balls were roasting on the griddle or whatever he was it's, saying. His ass, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, he's going to have grill marks it's, on it. It's grill mark on his ass. Yeah, he's like a whopper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. So, the car fire and all that stuff that followed, that's my number six. Alex, what's your number five? My number ha- five is... And this hits really close to home because the, all the ball humor. There was a couple of ball jokes in the movie that was that were great. Uh, first one, it's like you know, oh, I do stuff that annoys you. Yeah, you play with your balls a lot. He's like, what? He's like, you just handle them more more than, more than normal. And then later on in the conversation, uh, Neil says, "You know what would make me happy? It's a larger balls and an extra set of fingers." <laughs> <laughs> Which is fantastic. And then later on... That's got to be improvised, right? <laughs> Man. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, later on, uh, Neil is uh, having a fight with... Uh, was it a taxi driver? Some, some guy who's like, are you going to fucking help me or what? Then he gets punched in the face. And he almost gets run over by uh, Dell, who's coming up in a rental car. <laughs> then he's like, "Can't you? Where's your sympathy? Can't you see this man's? You've been injured. You're gonna help. You're gonna help him up." He's like, "All right." <laughs> he just grabs him by the balls. Later on, it's like, "Gee, I've never seen anybody get picked up by the balls before." <laughs> uh, and this all really hit close to home because I was out with the family, and I went. Uh, the wife and one of our kids went to do something. We we're at uh, California Adventure. They went over to some other ride because my older son wanted to go on another ride. So we split up, and then when we finally reunited, my youngest boy is like, "Hey, Dad!" And he was setting up for a windmill to do like one of those pie pie punches on my belly, but he didn't judge the distance quite right, and he nailed me right in the left nut. <laughs> like it doubled me over. It was hard. So, of course, there was another dad, another family on the bench sitting right next to me right when that happened. <laughs> Eric, my son, God bless him, he was he started crying because he knew he did something wrong, but it was an accident. <laughs> of course, my wife and I were laughing. It hurt. <laughs> you got Popeye punch in the balls? Yeah. All right. I mean... You kind of telegraphed it, Alex. You, you, <laughs> you well, because I was yourself. talking to 
because I was talking to Leah, my wife at the time. I was focused on her. I knew he was because the kids. I don't know. They usually do this. Just come up, to, Dad, Appa, and they go up there and they start punching my belly, which I hate. I tell them to stop it every time. So I knew it was coming. So it, you know, I didn't think anything of it, but I got a rude awakening that time. <laughs> Below the belt. Yeah. You say, that's not my purse, or that's my <laughs> yeah. purse. I don't know you. I don't know you. That's a dirty pool. Go my purse. All right, so yeah, balls. That's number five. Balls. Scott, number five. Number five is the, the hotel owner's son, the, <laughs> uh, Dylan Baker. Um, <laughs> so, is that the lawyer from Jurassic Park? No. I don't. I don't think it's the same guy. Is it the first hotel or the second hotel? The first hotel. Okay. The, two, the, the second the guy, hotel is the lawyer from Jurassic Park. Okay, yeah. The, this this one, they uh, the pickup truck. I didn't, I didn't realize that until you just said it right now, Alex. Nice. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. good pool. Uh, the, uh, the, the guy driving the pickup truck, and the way he keeps spitting up, so gross, but it's oh, yeah. like, like it had to be like, ad-libbed or just come up on the set that day. Uh, and then the the line about uh, <laughs> how the baby came out sideways. She didn't scream once. Yeah, she didn't scream or nothing. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then jump cut to them riding in the back, and all of a sudden that dog comes out of nowhere. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so so Dylan Baker, uh, character actors, been in a million things. Um, but uh, yeah, just this his the the first of. Well, not even the first, but just one of the string of many weird characters in this movie. Alright. Yeah, Ben Stein was in there. A lot was a lot of John Hughes repeats in this. Yeah. Ferris Peter's dad's in the very beginning. Oh yeah, one of the cops from uh Home Alone. Really? The creepy dad from Fried Green Tomatoes. <laughs> Alright, uh well my number five is the first <laughs> Hotel sequence uh-huh. scene in the uh, the between pillows scene, but you but the whole thing is set up where okay, he's being Dell's being nice and he's extending the invitation to Neil and to keep focusing on the bed, right? Like everything goes around, and they're both looking at the bed and they realize okay, it's gonna be awkward, but it seems kind of okay. And then I still don't understand how when Neil would take a shower and when he doesn't realize how messed up it is until he gets out of the shower, <laughs> yeah. And that there are no towels. Yeah. Are we supposed to believe that that, that Dell did all of that? Or that's just a shitty hotel? I think Dell did all of that. Dell did Jeez. all of that, yeah. yeah. Jesus. Um, so, yeah, that was all good. And then, like I said, it was a special moment because that's the o- really the only thing I remember from this movie is between two pillows. and But it was you know, a little different humor as a kid. But, uh, but yeah, just how he just... Totally dominated that bathroom, and then was the next morning. He said, "Oh, you're gonna wash your face, remove my socks from the sink." And yeah, <laughs> who fucking does that? Uh, <laughs> Drain his face with underwear. Yeah, uh, that's my number five. So, Alex, which number four? Oh, uh, that bathroom scene. The only thing I'm gonna add is kudos to Steve Martin, who had a face full of soap, and he still opened his eyes wide because that had to hurt. <laughs> Oh, that was gross. Dude, dude, was like, stunt? Yeah, I know. Jeebus H. He said he, the water finally came on and he finally, it was super hot. 
But then, yeah, there was no towels anywhere, and it was, oh, I hate it. It was one of my pet peeves, just stepping barefoot on just clean tiles. And that was, it was a little bit flooded in that bathroom. And, it, like, right, you could see, like, a wet newspaper right next to him right when he puts down his foot. It was, ugh. It's gross. Yeah. Here's a shout out to the Lakewood Ice Palace hockey rink showers. <laughs> yeah. They are disgusting. First of all, you better wear sandals in those showers. Uh, second, they're either ice cold or scalding hot. You don't know. It's Russian roulette when you go take showers. <laughs> go in there with your sandals, your towel, and your soap, and you just get in there and do it as quick as possible because you're either going to burn or you're going to freeze. And it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a nightmare. So you, so you got to get claimed like two showers and hope that like you can jump back from one to the other. No, it's not that. It's it's that day they're either all hot uh, <laughs> or they're all cold. It's it's ridiculous. Jeez, <laughs> uh, yeah, that sucks. But anyway, I haven't played there in years. Maybe it's got you, you just go there for the showers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just go away from the showers. <laughs> I haven't played there in years. I just hang out in the showers. Well, I think it's gotten better because the ducks purchased them and they it cleans stuff up a little bit. Maybe I'm not sure, but for the longest time, it, I think it's still to this day. I think I've heard rumors. So bad. Anyway, Scott, what's your number four? All right, my number four is the uh, after the cars were melted. Uh, they get pulled over. <laughs> this is John Candy in full John Candy mode, where he's trying to sell the cop on the the fact that the car's fine. <laughs> oh, she doesn't look like much, which will get you where you want to go. <laughs> is this car safe? Oh, no doubt about it. <laughs> you have any idea how fast you're going? Well, see, that's the funny thing. <laughs> the tometer's actually melted. <laughs> but the radio works. Can you believe that? <laughs> of all the things. Uh, yeah, him just... <laughs> just completely... Uh, with, with the I, I wouldn't even call it bravado, but just the... Kind of cheerful, yeah. That salesman like confidence, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, of course, the cop doesn't buy it. <laughs> but, Michael uh, McKean. Michael McKean, yeah. You got like he's like third or fourth build in this movie, and he's in the movie for like a minute. Uh, yeah, because nobody else is really in it, though. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, just just him, like, <laughs> like just the line about. Yeah, get you where you want to go. <laughs> the whole time, this car is like obviously not like. There's no reasonable <laughs> like way for them to explain why they're driving around this thing. Yeah. All right. Um, my number four is this movie. It is okay. So, a little spoiler alert: our crossover moment is going to be about comedians getting together, but. This movie is that, but it has a, it has a good heart story, right? It's a little bit more than just jokes, and I kind of appreciate it, I guess, now as an adult. That's probably why I didn't like it as a kid when I watched it. But there is a good heart to this to this story, and you can you know, when even when Neil's like a jerk to him and everything, he he realizes he's a jerk, and at the very end, all that stuff that happens, really appreciate about that. And I did not remember any of that, so when I was going into it, when I watched it, I was like, oh, okay, I. I I get it. This is more than just that. And some of these movies that came out of the 80s, some of those had that, but a lot of them didn't. And this one did. And 
I appreciated that. So that's my number four. Alex, what's your number three? My number three is, first of all, you can wipe that fucking smile off your face. <laughs> yeah, that's my number three Neil as well. Just... It just completely goes off with the F word. Because I was like, why is this movie rated R? I mean, <laughs> it's got Canadian Mounties and uh, was it Doobie's Taxiola, but. <laughs> yeah. This one scene did it, yeah. yeah yes, it did. My fucking car. Uh, and it was great. It's like, well, do you have your rental receipt? It's like, no, I threw it away. You're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> that is some of the finest cursing I've ever heard in my life. It was. <laughs> that was... Steve Martin stole. He's all disheveled and dirty and he, he just hating life. But you felt with them at that point, right? Like, oh yeah, because that company like screwed him over. Like the whole. I mean, they can't control the weather, but well, they were a... they were jerking him around. That, so with the first class seat and everything. <laughs> so the first, the first, yeah, the. Like the overall theme of the movie is is about you know family, but the second the second theme of the film is that like transportation is fucking awful. <laughs> no matter whether you're flying, whether you're on a train, like mm-hmm. they're not only is like it gonna be bad, but they're gonna try to fuck you every chance they get. Like that's basically the the theme of the movie. Every and like every single person he comes across that has to do that has anything to do with transportation is awful in this movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They're like horrible human beings. Agreed. Yeah. Well, like I said, I have a little more about Sanders in mind, but yeah, it was awesome. All right, Scott, what's your number three? Number three is the melted car. Um, so yeah, you guys mentioned it actually being on fire and then looking back is pretty great. But I, I'd forgotten that they actually drove around in that thing. <laughs> so so when it cut to them, actually, like I'm like, okay, so what, how did they get to the next thing? Like a hitchhike or something, and then they actually pull into the hotel with with the, the car all melted, um, still smoldering in the smoke. <laughs> yeah, like like Steve Martin's like, how how is like everything's still hot, but just like you see like the 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 seat like coverings, but just completely melted off, just like a wire frame. Yeah, <laughs> like the, <laughs> like the, the the sides were melted on, and I, I thought it was actually pretty clever writing that they still got to keep their luggage. Uh, yeah, and then Steve Martin pulls, but not not his wallet though. And he pulls out the <laughs> his credit cards. One <laughs> 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 time, they're just like great. smoking. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just just the look of that car. That was some great. Uh, uh, I, I I wouldn't call it like I guess prop work. I, I don't know if the official term would be for it, but yeah, it was it was pretty hilarious seeing the drive that thing. Awesome. And his luggage, I kept thinking the entire time they were going to open that trunk and there would be, like, nothing in it. Or, like, there would be... Or his wife's ashes or something. Yeah, it was the whole time that thing was a thing. It never ended up being anything, but... Um, yeah. All right, my number three, I actually messed up. So, my, actually, my, my real number three is <laughs> the scene where they're in the uh, hotel room, the first hotel room, and... Uh, and Steve Martin just goes off on John Candy, and he's just saying the most hurtful things in the world. It's pretty, pretty terrible, and he's just saying nothing but bad stuff. And then John Candy gives like a nice heartfelt, you know, I'm pr- I'm proud to be me, and blah 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 blah. It's a, it's a good scene, but it, it's all topped off that when 
the John Candy goes to bed and Steve Martin's getting ready to leave. And there's a scene where John Candy's like looking over his shoulder to see what Steve Martin's going to do. When he looks at him, he turns back and covers his face. I was dying at that. Like he gave his heartfelt speech, but he kind of knew he was trying to pull some, you know, some play the sympathy card there and all that. And I was dying. I like that, that line where it was like, I even let you pay for the hotel. So (laughs) so you wouldn't like feel bad or whatever. I forget how you, how he justifies it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I just like him. He's doing all this. He is his heart is in the right place, but he he, he kinda is doing a little bit of manipulating there, especially when you see him looking over his shoulder just to see what his reaction is. And as soon oh, no. as he turns no, his character's hundred percent manipulative. He's he's, he is. he's still like got a really big heart, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's my number three. The Steve Martin yell at him, which is sad. The whole, like I said, that's more of the heart. It's, it's more than just a stupid yuck yuck comedy movie. But then there is a couple yucks, and John Candy's looking over his shoulder and quickly hides his face when he looks back. Alex, what's your number two? My number two. Speaking of uh, that scene, it's just all the heartfelt moments that this movie has. It's it's paced out uh, fairly well, so that yeah, it's not all just a straight comedy. You actually get some. Uh, uh, some eh, decent gut punches mm-hmm. there with that scene. It's like, yeah, I can take it. You know why? Because I've met Del Griffith. <laughs> and he's going to say, oh, I know what you mean. <laughs> Shower curtain guy. <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing. And you could see John Candy like almost welling up in tears and everything with his rebuttal. And then there was, you know, the scene where <clears throat> John Candy's out sleeping on the car. Uh, the burnt out car all alone and he's just, you know, kind of talking to himself. He's, he's just like, oh, what do you do? Tell you smother him with this person that you genuinely know his company. And that makes uh, Neil feel bad and he invites him back into the room and they have that uh, great little scene where they're all drinking, you know, to the wives and talking about how his ass is a whopper. And then at the very end when Neil fi- it finally hits him that... uh Dell has nobody. He has uh, nobody for the holidays. Like he doesn't know what he's gonna do. He was he was pretty much just on this road trip because well he's all alone. So he goes back for him, and invites him home, and uh, to meet his family and everything. It's nice, really touching. It is. I agree. All right, Scott, number two. Number two was the car rental. That, that whole scene. Uh, <laughs> you guys pretty much covered everything. You just want to point out uh, Edie McClurg is the the uh, the rental lady. Yeah. Uh, she's so like perfect in this like yeah two minutes of screen time or whatever it is. Where it's just like like you can feel like Steve Martin's wrath and like you know, like you feel no sympathy for this woman. Like <laughs> just <laughs> so perfect the. To, to have her in this role and then the you're fucked like that you know that that midwest accent just makes it that much worse like that whole <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, uh, yeah she yeah she was kind of the secret weapon of that scene uh, so props props to her for that yeah that's my number two as well um, everything you guys said like and that's one of those real moments <laughs> falling down moment maybe we should do that movie one of these days <laughs> oh Jeebus. yeah but 
just yeah, everything is going wrong, and then you have that, and they drop. I mean, I don't. I haven't been to that situation where they drop you off in the middle of nowhere for your car, but I'm sure those places exist, and they leave you, and your car's not there, and I want a fucking <laughs> just like most, that's when you should swear in that situation. <laughs> he had a hundred percent right to do that, in my opinion, and she also it was not her fault. She doesn't need to be yelled at, but... Well, like, but she was being a bitch, just, like, talking on the phone with one of her friends while he, she has, like, a huge line. Nah. Sure. But, but still, like, it's not her fault the car wasn't there or whatever. But whatever. He's taking it out of the company, and she's there, so he does it. And then she has the perfect response. Like, I... I thought it was perfect. And then you said, like, yeah, the whole Midwest uh, accent on it. and Yeah. I thought it was great. I wonder if so. I guess there's like I don't know if they ever cut it together fully, but it was supposed to be like over three hours of, of movie here. Um, Damn. I wonder if she was the one that initially gave him because I I kind of got that impression. I couldn't I couldn't say why, but but that she was the one that that initially set him up with the car. Yeah, they never really explained it. I thought I was going to come back and say that Dell took his car, but. Yeah, 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 I was I was confused about that too. Um, if if the, he was the one that actually drove off with that car that was supposed to be there. Yeah, but they never really said that. So yeah, maybe they got him confused because remember that Dell used Neil's right, credit right. card. Right, right. I mean that, the... that I mean that right. told that that absolutely would have made sense, but they never like one hundred percent confirmed that. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking right. of that, that was great when the car's on fire and Neil's like. You finally did it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they're going to be happy as pigs and shit when they see this car. You see him return this car. <laughs> and the Dell confesses. <laughs> it's his card. He used his card. It's like, well, I put it back in your wallet when we gassed up the last time. <laughs> uh, anyways. How about seeing the old credit card? Uh, the slider. Yeah. yeah. I clack. I remember so, watching my mom use that in the stores and stuff. <laughs> like, what? The, you don't see that forever. So, so this is something like you, we talked about, you know, as kids, not not fully. I, I don't know that understanding is not necessarily the, the the right way to put it, but not not looking at things the same way. Like being being like on a trip and not having any money, like it's pretty fucking horrible. Like when you need to mm-hmm. get somewhere, um, and as kids, you would never you would never understand that. Exactly. Uh, so, like, and there's a lot of that going on that just kind of made me anxious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now it's it's a lot easier to like get a hold of, of money if you had some. But like, it, but you could tell John Candy's character just did not have anything. It was like making me anxious every time they like had to pay extra money for stuff. And I, I don't know. It, it was, yeah, it, it was harder to watch as an adult. At least that yeah. part of it. No, we definitely take that shit for granted. Like, imagine you're traveling and you lost your cell phone or something like that. And your wallet. If you lost your wallet and your cell phone, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like, eh, I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, all right, Alex, what's your number one? My number one is just Steve Martin and John Candy playing off each other. It's fantastic. Uh, Steve mm-hmm. Martin as a straight man, but then he he loses it like so well, and uh, John Candy being the go- uh, the lovable goof, but he uh, he's not a doormat. He actually stands up for himself. Yeah, uh, it's fantastic. These characters are great, 
and they played them. They play well off each other. They definitely do. Mm-hmm. Plus that mustache. I almost put John Candy's mustache as number one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's ever had another mustache in any of his other movies, has he? Who's Harry Crumb? Who's Harry Crumb? Maybe. I only I saw that remember. movie once when I was a kid. I should watch it again. What about when he was a mog? <laughs> no. He didn't have a mustache then, oh. actually. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Scott, what's your number one? Uh, my number one, uh, Alex kind of already went over this, but the uh, the realization when, when Neil's on the the last train to get home and, and he's left Dell behind, finally. Um, he starts thinking about his kids and family, and then he starts thinking about like the funny shit that that happened with him and Dell, and then he he realizes you know that uh, you know Dell has been talking about his wife, but then he also mentions that he hadn't been home in years, and you know he starts to put two and two together, um, and and how Dell's character is a little clingy, um, that oh this guy doesn't actually you know have any way to be, um, so yeah, in a really nice moment. Um, he invites him to, to see his family and uh, or to meet his family and I imagine have Thanksgiving dinner at the very least um, the you know just the the kind of um, and a humble uh, bright smile on, on John Candy's face as he's, he's meeting this family um, just kind of get a, a you know that he, he's genuinely um, grateful to, to be brought into this you know, this moment anyway. Uh, you know, Neil basically has the family that he never did. Uh, and, and Neil's kind of embraced him in, in that regard. Uh, yeah, it was just a, a really nice moment. And again, it was about family and not about, you know, some Christmas bullshit or you know, Thanksgiving in and of itself. Um, yeah, it just it was really nice. Although, did <laughs> one, one weird thing about that scene, did, did John Kenny... At any point in the movie, like, was he supposed to get a black eye? Because he clearly has a black eye in that final scene. No, yeah, he had it. Um, How did I forget he get it? where he, I forgot where he got it, but um, I know he had it driving up to the hotel. I noticed it when uh, Michael McKean stopped him. Okay, yeah, I don't remember. Maybe he was supposed to have, like hit his face in the steering wheel or something. Maybe I don't know, but. Anyway, better uh, here or there, but uh, it's just just a really nice moment, of, and it ends with the the smile on his face. Um, you know that, you know, they're all all that they've been through. They they were still able to, to have this nice moment at the end. So, but what was John Candy's goal? So he was going to Chicago, and he was going to hang out in the train station. Well, I think he was just permanently like, I I, I mean, I imagine he had somewhere to get home to. Like you said, he didn't have a home, but I think he was just mostly just on the road, just trying to make sales. Yeah, and since Chicago, he didn't have yeah. anywhere to go, yeah. Yeah, Chicago's a big city, so it's a place to, to sell stuff. Yeah. So he's on his circuit or whatever. All right, uh, my number one's along the lines of Alex, but I will single out John Candy in this movie. I know Steve Martin has the task of being the straight man, which you need to do, but whatever. This is John Candy's movie. I think he's just gold in this. And it makes me miss him and forgot about some of the other stuff that he was in. Um, he's just perfect in this. And he said the mustache and just 
He was able to play the comedy bits, like picking up, <laughs> pick up sticks with his butt cheeks. But then also the sincere stuff when J- Steve Martin's yelling at him and he's saying, you know, I'm, I, I like myself and all that stuff. And then at the end, talking about his wife passing and he said, put uh, in the car and he's, you know, you're pushing away, pushing away all that. John can it was just brilliant in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Really enjoyed it. Yeah, and, and Steve Martin too, but like I said, I'll give this to John Candy. Yeah, uh, agreed. Like, no, nobody cool. quite yeah. has quite ever done, like, the... I, I don't want to say aloof, because it's not like he's he's too cool for school, but where the... Uh, just kind of, like, ignorant, uh, like, the lack of self-awareness, I think is maybe the best way to put it. Yeah. Where, where, but then he has it at the same time. It's, it's a weird, like, it's a, it's a hard thing to play off. Where he's, yeah, because he's really, not like just an over-the-top idiot, right? He he really is aware of his shortcomings, but at the same time, he doesn't realize that 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 he's constantly doing that stuff, hmm. right? Like when they first meet on the plane, he's like, "Oh, I really don't want to talk. I want to read." He's, "Oh, I understand. I won't be a chatter." And he he really does kind of stop talking to him, but he's you know takes off his shoes and his socks and you know shit <laughs> he like falls that. asleep on him, yeah, yeah. And I'll bet you a ball we don't land in Chicago. <laughs> or... <laughs> yeah. More balls for Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Any honorable mentions? I didn't have any. Uh, you know, John Candy, like you guys were talking about. And then the uh, the, the ad exec room in the beginning. Uh, yeah. It was a hilarious, oh, yeah. It was a hilarious set piece where, like, the one guy is basically on a throne as he's examining the stuff. And, like, it was like, I don't know. It was almost like a Roman, like, I, I, I don't know how to, like, sentence it or something, but the... Like the weird tile outline on the floor, and then the giant table where they're all sitting at. It was, it was, it was a, a weird, funny set piece. It was, and that's when too you don't get until you've had a job, and you're just like, seriously, are we fucking doing this right now? <laughs> yes, yeah, staring Fuck. at three ads forever. Yeah, at four o'clock, right before the holidays. Like, come on, just, 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 just end this meeting. No one cares. Let's go. <laughs> did you guys stay for the end of credit stinger? I did not. No. It's that same guy. <laughs> still, still looking over the thing, except he's yeah. got like a very extravagant uh, turkey dinner on his desk. <laughs> <laughs> he's still just he's just looking at him. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, the other honorable mention I had is, you know when Dell is messing with the seat? <laughs> he keeps going yeah. forward and back and forth and leaning, trying to get comfortable. I think that might have been... At least partly an inspiration for a Pixar short with Monsters, Inc. called uh, Mike's New Car. Have you guys seen that short? No. no it's great. It's all so. about Mike was asking and he has a new car. And that's what Sully is doing like with the seat also. He just keeps messing with it. There's other stuff that happens in the short. But I, that a shot of John Candy, who's, you know, the big guy, kind of like Sully... Is uh, messing with the seat, so I think that was inspiration for that, and I loved it. <laughs> All right. All right, well, let's rate it, gentlemen. As usual, we rate on a scale of 1 to 7, 7 being perfection, 1 being absolute garbage. So, Alex, what would you rate this? I'm going to give this a solid 5. Uh, it didn't. It had some really good heartfelt moments John Hughes is really good at. Uh, some of the funny stuff, I mean, I liked it, but I wasn't laughing, like, throughout, and I didn't have any, like, gut busters, but it was humorous. I mean, it's a funny movie. I'm gonna watch this, like, every Thanksgiving now. 
I pretty much agree with you, everything you said there. Scott? Um, that's, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, I was, I was leaning towards four, but the more I think about how great John Candy is here, um, and, and uh, Steve Barnes is doing some yeoman's work as, as the uptight straight man. And I, I, Steve Barnes like always been hit or miss with me, depending on the movie. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's really good here, um, and you know, just a movie about uh, connecting with other people. It, it's got some nice moments, so I'll give it a five too. All right, it'll be straight fives. I give it a five as well. Um, it's 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 very likable movie. I don't know if I'll watch it every Thanksgiving, but I'll definitely watch it again. Um. John Candy, as we as we all said, was really great. And no Steve Martin. This is I had the same thing. I most of Steve Martin movies I do not like. Um, but a lot of them I haven't seen as an adult. I watched them all as a kid, so maybe I should go back and rewatch like L.A. Story and Father of the Bride or whatever these movies are. Because a lot of them as a kid I did not get or like. But maybe as an adult I will. But uh, with the exception of Three Amigos, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is the most silly slapstick of, of them all. <laughs> um, but yeah. Five. I, I will watch it again, but it won't. It probably won't be in my regular rotation. But I enjoyed it. With that, uh, we're on to our crossover list, which is what Alex comedy duos. Uh, Top five. I thought it was teams, but whatever. Teams, duos, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I basically, comedians getting together and making a movie, two or more. Yes. Hi. That's right. All so right, my number well, five. Is uh, right off the bat, Murphy and Aykroyd in Trading Places. Uh, Ooh, good one. That's that's a movie I caught late in life, and I've only seen once, but it really sticks in my head. Oh, you've only seen uh, it once? I know. And I, it's still a great movie. Uh, I gotta watch it again. But yeah, Add up to your fantastic. list. Yeah, I should. <laughs> it was the Dukes. It was the Dukes. <laughs> that movie's great, and that's the height of. Eddie Murphy, in my opinion, so good. Accurate's good. Awesome. All right, Scott, number five. My number five is uh, <laughs> this one's kind of cheating, but uh, Michael Keaton and himself in, mul- <laughs> in, in uh, Multiplicity. Wow. Uh, I'm going to allow this. <laughs> <laughs> so. So if anybody sees this movie, there, there's spoilers. There's some cloning, and Michael Keaton basically plays different versions of himself, um, each one more ridiculous than the last, uh, to hilarious effect. Um, and it's a it's a Reitman film, so uh, there there's a lot of like weird like camera techniques and some cool tech to 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 them being on screen at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, at least it was Reitman, it wasn't Ramus? Yeah, I thought it was Ramus too. Was it Harold Ramus? It could have been either. Anyway. At, yeah. at, at any rate, uh, Michael yeah. Keaton acts against himself for most of the movie, and it's pretty funny. So, it Michael is Keaton, That was one of the movies that was on cable that I watched, and I loved it, and I watched it multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see what you did there. <laughs> I did do it on purpose. It happened on accident. All right, uh, my number five, and I'll tell you, all my list are pretty much like Second City SNL team ups because that's <laughs> and it's from the eighties and early nineties, and that's pretty much all there is. 
So number five, which we've already done a, a whole episode on this movie, I believe, is Tommy Boy. Chris oh, Farley. Nice. David Spade. Yep. Also on my list. Yeah. I, we've talked about it enough, but I freaking love that movie. And that's two SNL characters or actors, uh, which I don't know if David Spade was ever at the top of the list, but t- <laughs> um, Chris Farley definitely was. And, and David Spade was the perfect straight man for him. And it was great. What'd you do? Might be my favorite <laughs> fucking moment of that movie. <laughs> Yeah, that car scene also probably inspired by Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. <laughs> it yeah. definitely could be. It's it's definitely a road trip movie. It definitely could have been John Candy, Steve Martin, whatever. But yeah, what's top who's who's your favorite little rascal? <laughs> Spanky. Spanky. Already is all depressed, and he says all these bad things. He's sitting on the bench, and the bench breaks. Get it done without that, though. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was saying we were just on a boat. <laughs> this afternoon we were on a boat ride, and every time we saw a guy a dinghy, <laughs> hey, stop playing with your dinghy. <laughs> oh, that's so good. All right, Alex, number four. My number four is the recent team up. Well, not recent nowadays, but they had their own show on Comedy Central, and I catch their clips every once in a while on YouTube. And it's Key and Peel. Nice. Yeah, they're pretty good comedy team for a while. Till they went their separate ways, and one went off to do Predators and the Firefighter movie with John Cena, and the other one did Us and uh, Get, Get Out, Out and critically acclaimed like horror movies. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. I mean, have they, they? So they did do one movie together. They uh, did. Keanu. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah. The dog thing, right? Kid. Kitten, okay. Damn, I should watch that. Yeah, I, I should watch that movie. I forgot about that. No, oh, there you go. All right. Alex, I mean, sorry, Scott, number four. My number four. Shut up. <laughs> Scott, number four. So my number four is... Uh, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how, how well this movie's aged. Um, or how well the series is aged. Certainly the second and third movies weren't weren't as good as the the first one, but uh, the Hangover, the uh, the Wolf Pack, Zach Galifianakis and uh, Ed Helms and uh, whatever that guy is, he's probably not going to do anything else. Uh, Rocket Raccoon, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady, yeah, Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, that I mean, obviously one was more just uh, an, an actor, but uh, yeah, they they had um, some. Some great chemistry going on there. Uh, mm-hmm. There, two of them were were both the straight man for Galifianakis, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it took it took that much uh, straight man power. But uh, yeah, and then you know when I was thinking of this list, I was trying to think of like wacky, like I don't know if adventures is the right term, but uh, road trips certainly, um, and. This this counts even though they're in one basic location. The hangover, yeah. yeah, Wolf the Wolf Pack. I was gonna say those two guys play the straight man for Galifianakis and Mike Tyson. <laughs> Mike Tyson, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. True. 
All right, uh, my number four contains an actor from this movie we just reviewed, and uh, that would be The Three Amigos. Nice. Huh, huh, oh, hey. So you got Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Chevy Chase, and uh, yeah. It's funny because I, uh, well, I have a lot of overlaps with some of these actors in my, in my list, but a lot of these guys I don't really like by themselves, but I thought the comedy the comedy trio of these three worked perfectly. Once again, we've done a movie, we've done an episode on this movie as well, so I won't go into details, but yeah. Three Amigos, number, number four. Alex, what's your number three? My number three is Kristen Wiig, uh, Melissa McCarthy, and the ladies from Bridesmaids. Yep, that's a good one. Nice, that's a good one. Oh, that movie's great. I should, I'm due for another watch of that one. <laughs> when Kristen Wiig is on, when they're at the uh, um, the wedding shower for Maya Rudolph at that, uh, what's her face's expensive house and everything, and there's a chocolate fountain, and they're giving away puppies for each, like a puppy <laughs> for each guest, and she goes berserk on everything. I, I, <laughs> then driving home, you see Melissa McCarthy has a carload of dogs. <laughs> Yeah, it's fantastic. I I die when every time I see Kristen Wiig try to push the fountain over. <laughs> yeah. Her 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 being drunk and stoned on the plane though is <laughs> genius. All right. So, what right. kind of name is Stove? <laughs> Are you an appliance? Alfinazine <laughs> assholes. No, no, I'm a man. <laughs> no, I'm a man. All right, uh, Scott, number three. Number three, uh, as I mentioned before, road trips. Uh, Cal Pan and John Cho in, oh, damn it. in uh, Harold That's Kumar good. go to White Castle. Um, the second one is, is I really enjoyed as well. I've, I still haven't seen the, the Christmas one. That was uh, really good. But, yeah, I really enjoyed the first one. You know, I got all the MPH stuff. But uh, I, I just love the idea that you get these, these two very, like, on their own, like very capable actors, um, that you know they're both got some some great comedic timing, but they're by no means like A-listers. Um, but they got to headline this movie. Um, I thought that was was really cool, and it just goes to show that hey, not everything has to be fucking. Uh, um, you know, we were just talking about the Hangover. Not everything has to have a uh, Rocket Raccoon in it. Um, Mm-hmm. You get these guys that that are that are solid actors. Let's see what they can do. Um, and and the movie just again is just really funny. So yeah, Cal Penn and John Cho. Nice. All right, my number three also contains an actor from the movie we just did. This is The Great Outdoors with Dan Aykroyd and John Candy. Which I don't know if most many people remember this movie or how well it's liked, but I love this movie as a kid. Yep. Um, it's on my list. Hopefully, it's been on my list for like three years. Hopefully, one of these days these suckers will pick it. <laughs> summer. <laughs> Get away yeah, for summer time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, There's nothing left in that plate but blood and gristle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's just accurate and can uh, candy. Yeah, just just. Being awesome, and that's also the just everything about that big bear, big bear's here, big bear. So, that's number three. Alex, what's your number two? My number two is unfortunately they only got to do one movie together because of the passing of one actor, 
But Cleavon Little and Gene Wilder from Blazing Saddles. There's no way I could I couldn't put them on my list as great dudes. I know Gene Wilder had a more uh, did more movies with Richard Pryor, but I don't think I've seen any of those. Uh, I remember Hear No Evil, See No Evil is when I saw. Uh, yeah, I never saw that one. It was Silver Streak. Yeah, I didn't see that one either. Um, there was, I forget the, the other ones. But, uh, yeah, we, we talked about this when we did Blazing Saddles. Like, just sometimes just Hollywood's fucking stupid. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like Clevon Little should have, like, got the opportunity to do something after that. It's kind of bullshit that he never really did. He was in some. He was in a few movies, but like, never, never like headlining them. Yeah, he was fantastic in Blazing Satter, Saddles. Satters. Satters. <laughs> Blazing and Satters. <laughs> and him and the Waco Kid, the great duo. Yeah, which maybe I misspoke. It was Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder and Hear No Evil, See No Evil. Is yeah. that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that has one of my favorite jokes. And I said, as well as the kid, so I don't know. But at one point, Richard... So in that movie, the whole premise is, is that Richard Pryor is blind and Gene Wilder is deaf. And they team up together and I don't know, hijinks ensue. But they're both they're driving a car. Richard, well, Richard Pryor's driving and Gene Wilder's sitting shotgun. And at one point... Cause, Rich Pryor can't see, so he's trying. He has nowhere near where he's going, and he's he's listening from cues from Gene Wilder. But he's looking at Gene Wilder the whole time he's driving. And Gene Wilder's <laughs> like, "Don't look at me. Look at the road." And he's like, "Okay, if it makes you feel better." Genius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, Scott, number two. All right, my number two. Um, so these guys have teamed up. More than a few times, but uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, um, as oh, far as, like, good. being an odd couple, um, it's got to be Hot Fuzz. Like, just uh, Simon Pegg's super straight-laced cop and and <laughs> Nick Frost being just a goofball. Like, the whole thing's crystallized in the, the scene in the middle of the movie where they, they have to, like, stay outside in the rain to, to watch the, the where the murder scene was, and <laughs> he's still got the stupid cowboy hat on, but he's got like a plastic hat over that, like a plastic over that to keep it dry. And then he, he runs off when when like Simon Pegg like calls him out on his bullshit. <laughs> just like him running off upset, but yeah, just them, uh, you know, playing off of each other. Like Nick Frost asking him like all the stupid action movie questions. Like, has he ever like <laughs> fired his gun in the air and, and like in anger or jumped and shot? Ah, uh... <laughs> yeah. I've never fired my gun in there and gone, ah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, to, them together, though, like, yeah, they've, they're they a great team. And even more recently, Paul, um, it's kind of an underrated, dumb, it's a dumb movie, but Paul is a lot of fun. For anybody that hasn't seen Kristen that. Wiig, too. Yeah, Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Trifecta. Yeah. Bill Hader. That's true. All right. Uh, well, my number three, and that kind of goes with this is more than a duo. This is an entire collaboration Wait, here. Two? Sorry, my number two. Yeah, this is. It's not just one. It's not just two. It's not just three. It's multiple. And then my Caddyshack is my number two. You got Bill Murray. You got Chevy Chase. You got 
Ted Knight, which I don't know if he's a comedian or not. But he's fucking like gold in that movie. Yeah, you got Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, yeah, and you got Brian Doyle Murray. You got a bunch of people in this film, but mainly we got D- Rodney Dangerfield, uh, Bill Murray, and Chevy Chase. Uh, gold. I don't think we've ever done this episode, this movie, have we? We've definitely talked about it. For yeah, sure. I think we about did. It. Well, the but world, the world needs Stickers too, son. How about a fresca? Oh, did somebody step on a duck? <laughs> so, let's dance. Anyway, we're all going to get laid. <laughs> you buy a hat like this, you get a free bowl of soup. Well, it looks good on you, though. Anyway, <laughs> Caddyshack, it's just That's a Dalai Lama, so I got that going for me. Yeah. yeah. A gunga and a gunga. A gunga and a gunga. It's in the hole. <laughs> Rat farts. <laughs> Let's do this movie. But anyway, Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, Ryan Dangerfield. Can't be beat. Don't watch the sequel, though, folks. Never. Ever. Never. Ever, never, ever, ever. I will never. not. No. And there's a gopher. Was there anybody... I want you to kill all the golfers on the course. Uh, if I kill all the golfers, they're going to throw me away and toss the key. Not the golfers, the golfers! There think, it is. I think there's... Mm-hmm. I think Chevy Chase is the only one... Is he in the second movie? I've never seen it, but I've heard terrible things. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. Alright, Alex, what's number one? My number one... Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, <laughs> nice. except for that last movie, Holmes and Watson. Everything else with them together has been gold. Enough said. I mean, so what's your favorite out of those? This is the Nas- the Talladega Nights, or I the... think it is Talladega Nights. Even though Step Brothers is really good, I think okay. Talladega Nights. Plus, uh, what was the Earth Team or Green Team? The funnier die sh- short. Oh, I haven't seen that. <laughs> oh, it's great. What's your favorite Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> Baby Jesus is the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the movie's great. All right, Scott, number one. All right. Uh, number one got yeah, talked about right away, but uh, Farley and Spade, uh, Tommy Boy or Black Sheep. Uh, it's been... They're almost the same, like, <laughs> characters. Well, Black Sheep has uh, some, uh, like, some Charlie Chaplin stuff going on there with, like, the ho- the cabin they stay in and stuff. But uh, the uh, all, all the jokes we talked about with the the uh, getting caught masturbating, the, <laughs> the Tommy Want Weenie. Sinner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, takes- bees. I could stick oh, my head up a everywhere. bull's ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. It's got to be your bull. <laughs> got to be your bull. Um, yeah, the two of them together uh, worked, worked really well. And then, the, I mean, there's the obvious, like, just physical difference, too. Like, yeah. like that's something that's been ingrained in, in, in Hollywood for a very long time, all the way back to, like, Laurel and Hardy, yeah. Abbott and Costello, you know, and then, you know, Planes, Trains, Automobiles, John Candy and Steve Martin. Yeah, uh, something something about that dynamic just works. All right. Uh, well, my number one is 
three people who have been in all the movies we've talked about today. It's Ghostbusters. Nice. Yeah. Put on here. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and uh, is that? And the rumor was well, not the rumor, but it was the actual that they wanted to cast John Candy as the Rick Moranis character, and he didn't. He wanted to make him German and have Rottweilers or something like that. And Harold Ramis like, "You're fucking nuts. We're gonna hire Rick Moranis, but <laughs> we'll get another Canadian." Yeah, the yeah. other guy from SCTV. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, come on, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, what do you want? It's got Andy Potts, for Christ's sake. Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson. Mm-hmm. Rick Moranis. Mm-hmm. Um, William Atherton is one of the all-time <laughs> dicks. <laughs> William Atherton. Ron Jeremy. It's got everything. <laughs> That's, That's right. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this film enough in the past, too. So, All right. Uh, any honorable mentions? No, I'm good. Nope. I have a couple I have, which is not a comedy duo per se. One of them is a comedian. Uh, it's twins. So, <laughs> Oh, damn it. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's good. Arnold's not really a comedian, though, so that's why I didn't leave it up. keep it on my list. You know, but... I, I, was, I, was, I was on cable the, like a couple nights ago and I was watching it. He's actually really funny in that. Like, he I'm is. I'm surprised. Like, yeah. Just him. No. Like, his aw shucks kind of like. Yeah, he actually is like really good in that. I was surprised. He is, but for this list, I don't think it fits. Right? It's not like he's on the no, no, enough, no, but no, but yeah. And that, then like, just a, I have to include Cheech and Chong as just uh, any of their movies, Up in Smoke or whatever. Yeah. That's but, the only one I've seen actually. It's Up in Smoke. Yeah, Marx Brothers. I guess of course. There you go. Yeah, Lord and Hardy. Yeah, how many of those have you seen? Like which ones with the mummy attacks them or something? I think I've seen one of those. <laughs> Lord yeah. Hardy versus the mummy. <laughs> that's, well, that's more Abbott Costello. Oh, oh okay. yeah, that's right. Yeah, I I mean, as a kid, I probably saw that stuff. I definitely saw the Marx Brothers stuff multiple times, although I don't remember it at all. I tried watching Duck Soup, and I was like, eh. It's those movies have like a weird cadence to them that, like, yeah, if you're not on board with right off the bat, then they become really difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, well, that's it. Uh, it's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? So we all know famed... Uh, wait, where is it? Let me find my article again. Famed sports star uh, David Ramirez, who is a star of Cal State LA Athletics Meds Cross Country in 2016. <laughs> well, we all know him. Well, I mean, we, yeah. we, we talk about him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he's a bouncer at some shitty bar. Wow. No, you know, normally I try to play along with these, but uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, he's also a, a baseball at sta- Texas State Athletics <laughs> and uh, a soccer. He's got soccer stats on Fox Sports. And a tennis player for UC Riverside. Hmm. And a bouncer. Okay. It's time for <laughs> Neo News! Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah. Okay. Uh, well. Uh, so, um, it's been a while since I, I talked about Marvel, so. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's been a hot minute. Yeah. 
Um, so I kept talk. I, well, I kept, but I've. I think I've mentioned several times that I wondered when they were going to do a whole box set for all the Marvel movies. But I guess it already happened. Um, I. I think it's called Disney Plus. Yeah, I think <laughs> pre- pre-orders went on in October, maybe. But yeah, there was a set for all twenty-three movies. Um, I think they were all in in UHD, and they, I, I, it was at sale at one point in Best Buy. It's, it's sold out now. But it's at sale, uh, at sale, on sale at Best Buy, maybe online, for a whopping $550. Oh, Jesus. But I mean, it's 23 movies. They're all in UHD, and there's some other extras in there with it as well. I still don't think it came with, like, Sweet Ass Infinity Gauntlet or anything like that. But um, So that was available, so, yeah, $550. I Never. I even I think I'd have a hard time justifying that, like unless it came with something super cool other than the movies, like uh, the real Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> well, or like a, a reasonable like resin Infinity Gauntlet. So I don't know, but uh, I could just snap and get my money back. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. But if you think about, it, like, if you're gonna buy every movie for like thirty bucks, that's. It's actually cheaper. Who pays thirty dollars for movies these days? I don't know. Yeah, I know it's cheap. I'm just saying, like, if you wanted the Blu-ray collection, like, and, and in UHD, um, that's the thing. I bought most. Of, I have mo- like a few of them on uh, Blu-ray, like the earlier ones, like the first Avengers and Iron Man. But the rest I bought digitally. They're not UHD though. And that's all Myth. I got to say about that. <laughs> Okay. But now they're all on UHD on Disney Plus, I think. Anyway, most of them. But they're are they in UHD or no? Yeah, that's the thing though. Is with all these services, is it's difficult to tell if the source material is UHD or if that's just the stream. Right. If there's some upraising, yeah. like it, it's difficult to. But with, with the newer stuff, though, yeah, like that version of it is available. Like there, there is a UHD version. Whether that's the version that they're actually showing with the the UHD, yeah, it just it gets confusing, and they don't, they're not terribly transparent. Um, at least Disney Plus isn't. Um, mm. So uh, anyway, so yeah, five hundred fifty dollars. Uh, it seems reasonable. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. One of these days, I might get the itch. Yeah, we'll see. Just just pay for Disney Plus for several years, and you'll be good. Yeah. Nah, but then I won't have the physical versions that I can pop okay. in whenever I wanted to, wherever I wanted to, whoever I wanted to. <laughs> uh, moving on, we 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 talked about this when the the trailer came out a while back, but I guess there's an updated one recently uh, for Cats, and. Ugh. I think it's worth bringing up again, like, how batshit insane this whole endeavor is. <laughs> so they didn't change the design like they did for Sonic? No, they did not. No. Um, on, on one hand, I almost have to admire them just, like, sticking to whatever it is that they're, they're going for here. Like, because they're going balls to the walls with this weird cat people, cat-sized world. I, I, I don't know, It's really difficult to describe. Uh, and it, it's still horrifying. Uh, but the new trailer featured a lot more from Idris Elba, so maybe they're starting to realize that hey, maybe we're not getting the 
<laughs> Pushing quite all the right buttons for this movie. Um, yeah, it's just... I, I'm, I'm very curious to see... I'm like a, curious like a cat. Very curious to see... Uh, <laughs> what what the box office draw is for this. Because I don't know anybody that that doesn't laugh anytime this this movie comes up. Doesn't laugh. it like it's open cringe. the same day as Star Wars? I don't know, but that's <laughs> I think it is. I don't know. Maybe they're just hoping that there's such a hardcore audience for this thing that they'll they'll all go out and see it a few times, all the Titanic. It seems like a very poor strategy, but yeah, all the Titanic. All, all the, the second third grossest highest grossing movie of all time. It could happen. Yeah, good happen. Uh, Monkeys might fly out of my butt. There's another comic duo. Yeah. We'd have a yeah. Oh yeah. Better chance of playing pickup tips with our butt cheeks. <laughs> and then uh, speaking finally of box office jaw, I just want to mention that Frozen Two came out, and surprising nobody, it made all of the money. Uh, so opening, oh, I guess opening weekend is about to come to a close. It's sitting. In, at about $350 billion. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole Marvel operation could shut down tomorrow and Disney would be just fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, cra- yeah. it's crazy to think that, like, what, I mean, it's, it's almost a monopoly at this point, like, that Disney has on box office sales. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there, are other, mm-hmm. there are other companies that can release movies, but... <laughs> Nobody's making that Disney money now. Yeah. yeah. And Scorsese's pissed. Is there a new song from Frozen 2 that's going to be in our heads forever? Not just like uh, Let It Go? I have no idea. I don't know. You're, you're, Jeff, you're, you're more likely to see this. Uh, most likely you want to see this out of the three of us. You mean <laughs> me? Yeah, I'd say Alex, not me. I don't have any kids. What are you talking about? You got you got a niece. Yeah, I still haven't seen the first Frozen, so I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> are, are are the boys Frozen fans, Alex? Mm, they were, like they used to watch it. Yeah, not all the time, but they would ask for it every once in a while, mostly because of Olaf. Okay, I was gonna say they loved that damn snowman. It's not like a lot of like sword fighting or anything in that, so or no. blasters. So I'm not sure they would be too. Yeah, it's <laughs> <Blasters>. true. <laughs> but there is ice magic. That is true. Uh, yeah. so Charlotte watched it a lot when she was little, but I don't even. I think she's kind. Of, I'm sure she's going to see the second one. So who am I kidding? But mm-hmm. I never. I saw part of it with her when I would be over at Brian's house, but I've never seen the whole thing. Yeah, I, 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 the one other thing I'll say about this is, like, yeah, maybe they felt like there was still more to tell from that, from those characters and that universe that they'd set up in that movie. But um, I mean, I, I'm not clamoring for these these Disney animated movies. But I I prefer they went back to the drawing board and then something else new. Rather than, you know, capitalize on this. And this is yeah, I, I realize to do. I realize this is coming from the guy that's like, Yeah, make Thor four. I'm super excited for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um I think it's it's a different thing for them. Like that's I think that's what Disney built everything on on was these individual or these well, not wholly original because they're always based on something else, but mm-hmm. um, these, these original animated movies. 
Yeah, I want to say that this is the first actual sequel from a Disney movie that went to theaters besides... Oh, shit. There was Wreck-It Ralph 2. But before that, there was The Rescuers Down Under. I saw I was going to bring up Rescuers. And you're not counting Pixar, right? With, like, Toy Story and... Yeah. No, not counting Pixar. Uh, But, yeah, you're right. Usually Disney just shits out like a sequel straight to DVD. I was gonna say like 102 Dalmatians. Yeah, and, yeah, and the Little Mermaid two and Lion yeah. King two and all that crap. Uh, although I gotta say, some of the Aladdin sequels are not bad. Like I think the Hand of Midas is my favorite Aladdin sequel. It's not as good as the first one, but it's close. That one could have been released in theaters. Anyway. Yeah, Frozen so, 2. Yep, yep, so, yeah, that's all I wanted to, to go over. Alex, anything you want to talk about? Uh, Nope. All right, throwing it over to Jeff. I I think Jeff may have something to say about Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know. I do, but before I get into Star Wars, uh, I watched Snow White, and I, it might have been the first time I've ever seen it. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, me too. It's rough. <laughs> Isn't it only like 70 minutes long or something like that? No, it's 90. Yeah, I think it was maybe it was 90. And that's the thing. It starts out pretty quick. It's like all, you know, the story beats, right? Even if you've never seen it, if you lived in America or Western civilization, like, you know, the story beats. And it goes on pretty quick, except I didn't expect the queen to say, here's a box, put her heart in it and return it to me. It's like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. This is pretty brutal. Yeah, I think Uh-oh. that was part of the original story. <laughs> but yeah, I just didn't expect that Izzy film. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, but it starts out quick, and then once Snow White gets to the dwarf's house, it just drags. And it's just her sweeping and cleaning with the animals. And then the dwarves, she goes to sleep, and then the dwarves show up, and then they slow the doors open, and it takes 30 fucking minutes for them to go in and find the her. And it's just. Whew. And I always made fun, <laughs> Laura and I made fun of. We went on the Snow White ride, and it ends abruptly. It's kind of how the movie actually is. We we actually uh, have to go back and apologize to Disneyland because <laughs> <laughs> that just movie the ride ends so abruptly. It's like so <laughs> gradual, and then at the very end, it just, it's over. They're gonna uh, the witch is gonna drop a rock on him, and then said the, the thing fall, the cliff falls, and she dies, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, and the only thing that Wright doesn't show is her being kissed by her king, who or her prince, who she's only met once in her life, and she fell in love with, and it's crazy. Yeah, I would have at the time. I would imagine that the gangbang scene doesn't hold up very well either. <laughs> it's not. Um, I so do yeah, like how... other than that, uh, I've just been on Star Wars overload lately, and I've Maybe. liked everything so far. So I've been watching Mandalorian, and we'll. I did my one off, and I think we'll. Maybe I'll get together after episode four or something and do a little episode on that. But I'm really loving the Mandalorian. Um, mm-hmm. I've got Jedi Fallen Order. I've been playing the video game. I'm a few hours into that. I'm loving that as well. The gameplay, I, the, the, I think Alex mentioned it's more of a Demon Souls or Dark Souls. And it is. The controls a little tricky, but I'm playing on just the... Not the story mode, but the one just above that. And, and normal difficulty, yeah. yeah. I think I'm doing okay with that, and um, it took a little while. The main character finally figured it out it's a guy who plays the Joker character in Gotham, so I'm hooked. And uh, Mark Hamill? 
No. Oh. <laughs> that would have been weird. <laughs> and then I'm Jesse also listening. <laughs> I'm also listening to the latest Star Wars novel. Caesar Romero? Uh, something Resistance. I don't know, some <laughs> bullshit Resistance thing. And it, but Is it Dark Resistance? It's not Dark Resistance. <laughs> it's not about the Lone Guild member, Malignus. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, well, that's, what's, that's what I talk about. I'm getting confused because that takes place after Last Jedi right before this new movie that's coming out. So that's that mm-hmm. timeline. Mandalorian, as you guys know, who've been uh, watching, it's not even a spoiler, it takes place... Uh, Six years. Yeah, after Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. but before Force Awakens. And then the video game takes place after Revenge of the Sith, before A New Hope. And I'm getting confused. I'm going back and forth to different things, and I'm starting to get confused. Like, what? How is he showing up? He's the... Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so uh-huh. I'm just there's so much Star Wars overload, and I think I mentioned I went to the Cantina at Star Wars Land the other day. So or Galaxy's Edge, there's a lot going on, and uh, you know I'm sure this movie is going to disappoint me, but whatever, I don't care. I got Mandalorian and the book and the video game to keep me over, so that's go. where I'm at. What I really hope the movie lives up to, I, I I'm going to go in positive, and I think it'll be all right. But who knows? But yeah, have you guys yeah, not? Neither of you played the game yet? No, I want to. I have not. I'm, I don't think it'll go on sale for this Black Friday, but. Yeah, yeah I played the pool. I'm hoping. The full $59.99 for it on Steam. I know. I can't remember the time I, pl- I paid a full $60 for a game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't afford it, damn it. It's pretty brutal. Uh, I haven't played. I haven't bought a game in a while, but. So I just spent the money on that. And I. I think I mentioned I got it on Steam, so it's the first time I played a PC game in a while. But I'm just using a Xbox controller with it. Yeah, so. you have to. Yeah. <laughs> with a mouse and keyboard, that shit, no way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll just say there's the, in that game they're they're cool about canon. They're really bringing in. They at the very beginning they mentioned characters who are in the Battlefront Two games. Um, other people from. I don't want to spoil it. From other movies, recent movies that have come out, you'll have about cameos. Do you have to get a loot box to get those extra characters to show up in the story? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. So far, <laughs> you don't get to play them, but they do, they show up and they're or they're mentioned. And so I I always like that when they do stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, I've been watching nice. that imagine. Oh, also, I've been watching that Imagineering series on Disney Plus. So if you're interested in Disneyland and uh, just the theme parks in general. I would I would recommend that. Do they have the part where the pirates eat, start eating, start trying to eat the people? No, but there's always, it is also a Jeff Goldblum show in there too, so a crossover moment. There you go. <laughs> I do love that Goldblum show. <laughs> I've only seen the first episode smile. about the sneakers so, so far. I haven't seen the other uh, The ice cream one is really good too. <laughs> love that Goldblum. But no, it's just pretty cool how like the first episode's all about Walt, and then once Walt dies, and then what his brother does, and pretty much setting up Walt Disney World and Epcot, and then this third one is about Michael Eisner taking over and doing Star Tours and Indiana Jones and Euro Disney, and then we'll see. I don't know how many references there can be. I'm assuming it's going to be just a few more, and then it's going to end with Galaxy's Edge and Shanghai Disney or something. I don't know, but... 
It's pretty cool. Oh, and I tried to go to Disneyland the other day. We did go, and we were there for less than two hours, because it's fucking crowded, and the holiday spirit is here. Did you get some... You should have gone just to DCA. That's what we did. Oh, you did? That's all we did. It wasn't that that busy today. I mean, it was... The park, of course, had people in it, but it wasn't like, you know, I couldn't get from point A to point B. I mean, it wasn't... Yeah, I mean, obviously it can get worse, but it was still pretty bad. We couldn't get a fast pass for anything. The lines for the... the, Those holiday treats, you know, those little... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The festival, whatever those those lines were super long, and so you didn't get bourbon cider. Did not, but I got a spi- a spiked eggnog that was pretty good. Okay. It only cost me sixty dollars, so <laughs> what a deal! <laughs> yeah, yeah, we kind of went through. We just kind of walked through the park, and then we went into the hotel. She wanted to see the tree and the gingerbread house, and that was. Interesting. That's always impressive. The, the damn gingerbread house in the hotel. Yeah. There's, there's a. So I don't know about either of these things. <laughs> I know there's, yeah, the, the, the there's Grand... a tree on Main Street, right? Is that what you're talking about, or is that? No, no. no. On the Grand California Hotel, they have a big tree in the lobby, and then they have a big gingerbread house there too. And I guess every year there's a gourmet chef who comes and makes that a legitimate gingerbread house. Okay. Yeah, in the shape of the hotel, it's incredible. It's huge. Yeah, and then they have to re- they have to rebuild it every couple of days because the rats get to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, the cats get to the rats before they get to the to the gingerbread house. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like we were saying, like if you actually stayed at that hotel, it kind of suck because you can't enjoy anything without just a bunch of idiots walking through the lobby and. Uh, yeah, that's well, no, true. But then you get to lord it over them. I'm like, these peasants don't even get to stay here. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> but then there's also be like these peasants are in my lobby. So yeah. I don't know. It's a trade off. So yeah, we didn't get into the main park. Maybe we we're gonna maybe try to do that one more time before it we get blocked out for the holidays, but it's just I guess just don't plan on going any rides, just kinda of walk around <laughs> and look at the lights. Yeah, grab some treats if yeah. you can. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got. So I guess that's it. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Have yeah, some, happy uh, Thanksgiving. Have Thanksgiving. some turkey. Be with uh, some family. Eat some turkey. Get drunk. Tell uh, tell people that you're not racist. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, just, as long so as as it's been shown, if you start anything by saying, "I don't want to sound yeah. racist," then that automatically absolves you. Of but <laughs> yeah. I'm not a racist, but... Air your grievances. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Thanksgiving's for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To, to remind your family why you don't see each other for another <laughs> yeah. 364 days. Yeah. But stay safe out there. Yep. Thank yeah, also yeah. that. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.